welcome to the Whiskey and Woe Podcast. And welcome back to the Whiskey and Woe Podcast, where we talk about country and singer-songwriter music, all shades thereof. I'm Benjamin Lindsay, and with me as always is David Lynch. How are you doing out there today, David? Well, I don't have the corona yet, so... <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> I, as far as I know, I don't have it yet either, but they have uh, instituted lockdown, so uh, unless I'm, I'm technically an essential employee since I'm in education, but they have said we should stay home too, so I'm just stuck here in my apartment. Yeah, I'm still deemed essential for now with uh, being in manufacturing and our products are used with refrigeration and some medical stuff, so. I'd say you're probably going to be essential for the long holidays, however long that is. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of under that assumption too. All right, so today we're going to be talking about Benjamin Todd's. 2018 album I Will Rise. Um, 2017 actually is what I have. I think that well, I think it depends on which version it because I think he released a version of stuff on 2017. The uh, LP I'm looking at on a label was on 2018. Okay, so it may have come. It may have been a digital in 2017 and then an actual album in 2018 because I've seen that on a few of the albums we've done. Yeah, that's that's probably right and. But either 2017, it was recorded in 2017. It may have also come out in 2017. This is uh, a fairly sparse album. It's got, I don't have the runtime. Do you have the runtime? Um, it clocked in at 35 minutes, which I was shocked by when I saw. I really thought this album was longer than that. Uh, and we'll get into that. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it tracks at uh, 35 minutes. That is really quick. Um it's got Benjamin Todd on acoustic guitar and vocals. That's the only instrumentation. He wrote all the songs except for one, which was No One's Gonna Save Me Now, the next to last track. That was by Nicholas Rideout. Yeah, I said I saw where he said that he recorded this album with two mics and no overdubbing. I can believe it. And yeah, actually, I, considering that, it sounds really, really good. I'm impressed. Yeah, it does. It actually it does have good, really good sound quality. So let's get into it. Um, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about this guy other than the fact that he's either from Kentucky or Tennessee, but somewhere in that borderland area between the two states. Um, According to Wikipedia, he's from Cottontown, Tennessee. It's where he grew up. And then he lived in in Muhlenberg County, Kentucky for a little while. That's where he met his wife. Right. And I know at some point he, like, became a hobo and jumped a train to Georgia or some shit. Yeah, yeah it's, well, what it says here is at the age of 14, he was expelled from school. He experienced wanderlust and began hopping freight trains as a way to see the country. So, well, there you go. So, now you know as much about him as we do. <laughs> yep, because that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, how I stumbled across this guy was there's a YouTube channel called Jim's on VHS, and it has a lot of this really sparse acoustic country stuff on it, and they featured him and his other band which he's in with his wife, um, Lost Dog Street Band. And I liked it. So when I saw that he had an album coming out, I decided to listen to it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, yeah, and honestly, I, I wasn't familiar with his other group or him 
until you told me about it. One of the yeah. few, one of the few artists you've introduced me to. It's the other way around. <laughs> yeah, it's usually the other way around. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think about it? What were your initial impressions? Well, when I first started listening to it, I, I the first song, "The Hungry for You Blues," I thought was a great song, and I love the uh, a lot of the guitar playing in the background fits really well. And and then once and then the second song, "Busted Again Love," the third song, "Using Again," all great songs. But by the end of the album, I started to hate his voice. And, and, <laughs> and it's not that he really has that bad of a voice. Part of it is it's, it's an accent thing. To me, he sounds like he's trying to fake an Irish accent a lot of times on these songs, and it just drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever seen footage of him singing. Uh, he's, he does kind of like Lemmy used to do. You know how Lemmy would have the microphone way up above his head so he would be like tilting his head up like he was looking at the sky to sing he does that so i'm thinking it's it's huh. something with the, his enunciation the way that he is like opening up his throat because yeah. i do agree that there is some kind of accent on it i don't it doesn't read irish to me but yeah i definitely do he does have a certain thing that he does with his his singing that does give it that yeah it it, it, it doesn't sound like uh, somebody from tennessee for sure no, no, it is very much, you know, it's almost like he's trying to do like a Woody Guthrie kind of thing, except not really singing that nasal, but just fully open-throated. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing that you'd have to listen to to, to kind of get what we're hearing. Yeah, 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 definitely. It, it's hard to describe. But like I said, I mean, as a whole, uh, the songwriting is really strong, I feel like. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think he's, uh, and I'm, you know, broken record alert, but I think this guy's a really good songwriter, and I really like his his lyrics. He he writes in that uh, all his country songs are about being fucked up and using drugs, pretty much, and and being lonely and desolated. So, like, really old old school stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was getting from most of the lyrics too. I know, and and with this just being him and his guitar, I mean, it's a it's a pretty slow album, but yeah. compared to the John Fulbright album we did, this sounds like speed metal. <laughs> yeah, the playing is so much more intricate on this than it is to John Fulbright, and he's not going for. I mean, there there are lyrics that are clever, but he's not writing clever songs like what John Fulbright was writing. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Yeah, the the guitar playing is way more intricate than what what was on the Fulbright stuff. This is more like some of uh some of John Moreland's early stuff with the guitar playing. I would say. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Uh, it really does kind of feel there. The the one thing that I will the not negative I will give, and it's really hard when it's just you and your guitar, but a lot of his vocal melodies, the way that he not necessarily the way that he sounds or like what key they're in or anything, but just the way his voice rises and falls. By the time you get to the end of the album, like David was saying, I could, they all seem to have basically the same vocal melody in the way that they would, the way his enunciation would go, because it would start out slow, go high in the middle, then come back down. And so it would have that same wave pattern, for lack of a better term, on a lot of the different songs. 
And so that gave it a little bit of saveness to me that I was like, man, I think if there were some more instruments or stuff or you had changed up the songwriting just a little bit, I would have liked that a little more. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I can't argue with that. That's definitely true. The vocal melodies were very similar on a lot of the songs. Yeah, but that's a whole. I agree with you. I mean, Hungry For You Blues, that is, that's a great song. Using it again, it's just, man, that's a, one of those few songs about being a drug addict that is kind of heartbreaking. And then a lot yeah, of the other yeah. tracks. But, well, Who I Am Ain't Who I've Been, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that, that one had some good lyrics in it, I thought. Yeah, lyrically, this is a really strong album. And I guess that's probably what I really think his strength is as an artist, is his lyrics. Because it's really not his voice. His voice, like I said, isn't bad, but there are, are some things with it that you can they can bother you. And he is a, a pretty good guitar player, but he's not a great guitar player, at least not as shown on this album anyway. Yeah. I would be interested to know, given, given the strength of the lyric writing, if, if he's written songs for other people, because it doesn't say it on his Wikipedia, but you know, are other people doing his songs and stuff? You know, that's a really good question. I don't know. Um, I mean, he's been making music for quite a few years and, and being this good a writer, you would think people would be buying his songs to put on their albums. Yeah. Apparently, well, I just clicked on his, his profile here on Discogs just to see what would happen. And he's listed as being in a bunch of groups. Barefoot Surrender, Blackheart Rebellion, Lost Dog Street Band, which I hadn't mentioned before. Never Say Surrender, Spit Shine. So if he's doing that many different projects, probably not. He's probably writing it all for himself and his various projects. Um, on the Wikipedia, Barefoot Surrender was listed as his first band before Lonely Street Band, or Lonely Street Dog Band, whatever it was. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure not all of these are, are active. but Yeah, and, and I wonder how many of those were, were just he didn't made an appearance and sang on one song or something like that, you know? Yeah. That's true, too. It's a really good question. I'm trying to... Uh, right now, it looks like all of them have an album. So, I mean, and I don't know how long this guy's been. So he's, so he's the fill-in Selmo of country music? <laughs> I guess so. Now, Lost Dog Street Band actually has six albums. That's really kind of impressive. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I, I couldn't really find much info, so to be able to answer that question about being able to, if he's writing for other people and stuff. Yeah, I'm guessing not. I'm guessing, like, you know, the, he has, like, a little clique of other artists similar to him that he runs in, and, and I think that they perform each other's songs, but whether they're actually putting them down on tape or anything, I don't know, because all the stuff that I've seen is just videos of them, like, at somebody's house, playing in their kitchen and that kind of shit. Um which is cool. I really like it. But how much of his writing is actually getting out there and exposure to other artists, I just really have no sense of... Because it doesn't seem like it. I haven't. You would think that somebody would want to do covers of these songs because they are so well-written. But to my knowledge, nobody has picked up any of them. And, and he may not let anybody, too. He may be one of those indie-type guys who 
doesn't want other people to do it, who doesn't want his stuff to go mainstream or, you know. <laughs> I, well, you know, I think there's probably a part of that, too, honestly, just uh, from looking at the guy and getting that kind of vibe off the music. I can definitely, and the label that he's on, which is Anti-Corporate Music Incorporated, so <laughs> that's probably a sign, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't. We really talked about all there is to talk about, unless we went into specific lyrics on songs, though, because there's not a whole lot here. Yeah, like I said, the songwriting's really strong, but at the end of the day, I'm probably never gonna listen to it again. I don't know that I'll listen to the entire album. I think that there are songs I'll pull off, like "Hungry for You Blues," "Using Again," uh, "Who I Am Ain't Who I've Been." Um, I will rise. You know, I'll I, probably I will those rise. Off. I really like too. I thought that was a really good song. But yeah, I don't know. There's just so much other stuff out there that I like better. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I guess let's grade this thing then. Um, I'm gonna go middle of the pack and give it like a C. Okay. Because like I said, songwriting's great. I'm just never gonna listen to it again. So. Yeah. I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to give it a B because I do think that the songwriting is great. And there's enough songs on this album that I will listen to outside the album, you know, just because every now and again I'm in, I'm in the mood for this genre. Um, and I think he's probably one of the best guys doing it. But uh, it's not something that's going to be in, like, a heavy rotation. It's just going to be like, oh, man, I kind of want a song that sounds like somebody sitting on a train going somewhere and, and just playing. So let me put on using again. Yeah, it's definitely I definitely have to be in a certain mood to want to hear this. And it's the same way with that John Fulbright album. There's the songs on it. I have I'd have to be in a certain mood to want to listen to, you know. Sure. Well, all right. Enough about this. What are we doing next time, my man? Um, next time is Ward Davis, 15 years in a 10 year town. That is such a great album title. Yeah. That's, that's just perfect for a country album. Yeah, no, it, it really is. All right. Well, thank you for stopping in and listening to this and give Benjamin Todd a listen. Cause I, I have a feeling that he could use the, the spins on Spotify or Amazon music, whatever it is. And let us know what you think, whether you, it's something that you would could get into, or if it's just a very niche thing that's set out your scene. But either way, we'll catch you on the other side. <laughs>